Hello from Legal Week 2019 in New York City, New York. I'm Lawrence Coletti. I'm Zach Warren. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. And we're back. Thank you so much for joining us. This may or may not be the last interview of the day from Legal Week 2019, but it is my pleasure to join the man himself, Mr. Zach Warren. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. My last thing I'm doing here at Legal Week, too. So I apologize in advance if I seem a little punchy after four days of this conference. Yes, you know, when you go to these conferences, you truly do lose uh, all concept of time. It's uh, There's like some kind of sensory deprivation that goes on. But then there's also an overstimulation, you know, all the exhibits, the halls, the music, uh, some of the after hours festivities. But uh, <laughs> you don't look worse for wear, my friend. I appreciate it. And yeah, one thing that's especially this week, my best friend is my black notebook because I know when I get on a plane at LaGuardia tonight, I'm going to forget half of what I learned over the past four days. So I make sure to make copious notes for myself. And next week, come Monday, I'll transcribe them all and it'll be great. I'll, I'll be fine. Is it to use the Cornell method when you take your notes? Well, I'm not sure if familiar. That was over the top nerdery from myself to you. I'll say yes, because I don't know. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Zach, for joining us today. It's really nice having you here. I know you're a return guest to Legal Talk Network. You're on with uh, an episode of Law Technology Now with host Monica Bay, and we got to learn a little bit about Legal Week. But uh, for the benefit of our listeners who are less familiar uh, with ALM, with uh, Legal Week, and, and all of the uh, subsidiaries and uh, related entities, uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, obviously, we know you work for Legal Tech News, but what's your position? Absolutely. So I'm the editor-in-chief of Legal Tech News. Legal Tech News is one of four national magazines of ALM, previously American Lawyer Media. Uh, those are LTN, The American Lawyer, Corporate Counsel, and The National Law Journal. And where we sit is kind of in the intersection of law and technology. That could span anything from e-discovery to cybersecurity to privacy, information governance. We have a small staff of four, but we try and do a whole lot. And I feel like we're pretty successful at it. I'm happy where we're at right now. So we got the nod to come here uh, kind of last minute. Uh, we've been curious. We wanted to, we've been here about five years ago, I think. And then we decided to come back and and we were actually having some debate because we were a little, really busy. But I'll tell you this, we got conference shamed. So a bunch of people calling and say, hey, you got to come down to Legal Week uh, 2019. And uh, we're like, I don't know. We're pretty busy at the home studios. And then eventually the shame kicked in. I'm glad we came because I, you know, I got to see, you know, some of the programming and we got to see, and I think a lot of it's, you know, the personalities here. You guys did a great job. And so let's, uh, let's get into that. I know recently, and I don't know how recently it is, but it was uh, Recoin. So now it's Legal Week. And what was it before for some people that haven't been in a while? Correct. So it was Legal Tech. And that's what everybody, still a lot of people who have come here for 10, 15, 20 years know it as. But what ALM really wanted to do was expand beyond just that technology concept. So they introduced a number of other conferences alongside Legal Tech, which still exists, of course. There's Business of Law Forum. There's Legal Diversity and Talent Management. There's legal marketing, and there's also legal CIO. So there's really a little bit of something for everybody, no matter what part of the law firm or corporate legal department that you're in. I popped in both Business of Law Forum and Legal CIO yesterday, and especially over the past three years, they really have grown to not many people knew what they were, but now huge, expansive, standing room only events. And I think that growth has been really cool in a way to segment different parts of the legal market that maybe weren't necessarily there or coming to this conference before. 
So just an interesting follow-up on that. You know, most of the conferences we go to, some of those divisions would be called separate tracks. So what was the decision-making process in building these as separate conferences? It's all about the market. So especially, say, you're a legal marketer. We want there to be one specific place for you and to be kind of set apart and have very unique tracks and very unique content that's catered directly to you. So for the Business of Law Forum, it's, again, people who ne might not necessarily have gone to legal tech before but it's a whole new, say, legal services delivery, talking about alternative legal services providers or talking with, hey, change management within an organization. How exactly do you not only get buy-in for technology, but get buy-in for different parts of the budget that maybe you didn't have before? So being able to be distinct in that way rather than just having tracks would be part of legal tech and not really fitting in, I think was kind of visionary, and it seems that much of the market has followed in that track. Years ago when we were here, there was a lot of e-discovery. That was the, the predominant theme at Legal Tech. And now that it's been rebranded, I understand you guys are reaching out, trying to get some different emphasis. And still, obviously, e-discovery, very important part of your deliverables. But uh, what are some of the other areas that you're trying to emphasize? Yeah, I think it's a function of the market where a couple of years ago, even five years ago, like you just said, e-discovery that was, I would almost, don't want to say it was the only legal technology out there, but it was certainly the one that had the most investment and had the most people lining up to buy. But now there's document management systems like both iManage and NetDocs that have grown extremely large. There's contract management, there's case management, there's time and billing has always been there, but they've expanded into new areas, even with artificial intelligence being part of uh, time and billing systems now. There's just a lot more innovation that seems to be happening across the board, which a lot of both law firms and corporate legal departments are mandating. And in terms of the uh, demographic that you're reaching out to, is it, uh, you know, big law? Is it uh, medium size, like corporate firms? Like, who, who are you reaching out to? It tends to be, especially in, for law firms, a lot of the AmLaw 100, 200. You see a lot of local New York firms. Of course, it's super easy to head up to uh, Midtown. We're here at the Midtown Hilton. So they show up. I would say a lot of the smaller to mid-sized firms you see occasionally, but a lot of the vendors in particular are looking for that larger market here. So we got conference shamed by a lot of our uh, fellow vendors that were here in attendance. We talked with uh, quite a few of them and they were saying, hey, yeah, you should go to uh, Legal Week. And, and just in terms of the Expo Hall, I understand there's been some differences you uh, from uh, previous years. You've done some changes. So what kind of differences are there this year? Yeah, they changed a lot up, especially when it comes to where the keynotes are held. The Grand Ballroom, which is up on the third floor here at the Hilton, that used to be part of the exhibit hall, and you can walk through, and even the balcony had exhibits up there. But really, to kind of change the workflow and make it more streamlined, they actually turned that third floor into the, where the keynotes are held itself. And this year, they had some interesting things where they had the stage off to one side, and they put a desk up there for last night's keynote and tried to make it a, more of a talk show style style and uh, had projector screens with quizzes and slidos and different things to just try and get some more engagement, but also keep the vendor community happy and as many people going through as well with that redesigned space on the second floor and those new exhibit booths. You were a presenter at this year's uh, conference, and so what uh, what topics were you were you teaching about? I was indeed. So yesterday afternoon, I was on a session called "The State of the E-Discovery Union," 
which was extremely fun. And it was a bunch of analysts and journalists that have written about e-discovery in the past, talking about where the profession is now, where they see it going in the future. And what made this one fun, I mean, everybody has panel sessions, but they decided to give us buzzers for this one. So they actually asked a question and said, hey, for instance, do you think there'll be a national privacy law that'll affect e-discovery in the next two years? Then there was the buzzer for no and the ding, ding, ding buzzer for yes. And whoever was out of line, that's who, of course, who they'd go to and say, defend your position, be the devil's advocate. And I had to do it once or twice and it was fun. I enjoyed that. I saw that on uh, Bob Ebrochi's Twitter handle. I was wondering what that was. I saw a red one and a green one. I thought that was uh, absolutely tremendous. But great title, by the way, especially in lieu of uh, recent news. That's uh, absolutely (laughs) tremendous. It's the truth. Yeah. And Bob was on that panel with a few other people. And I I always enjoy with my fellow journalists and people like Bob, who are so knowledgeable in the industry, being able to bounce ideas back and forth. So if I'm a new conference attendee and I'm looking at that website and I'm seeing there's five separate conferences in there, uh, well, give me some advice on how to navigate that. I'd start by looking at the agendas. I mean, it seems very straightforward, but they do segment quite well exactly what those conferences are going to be about. I mean, names like legal marketing or legal CIO are straightforward and exactly the positions that are targeted for those events. But even if you drill down further into the agenda, you will see Say if you're a CIO at a law firm, then you'll see a lot of the speakers being your contemporaries and a lot of the subjects being how, as a CIO, do I work with managing partners, etc. So that's the first place I would start. And then, uh, as you said yourself, a lot of people do show up at this thing. Chances are, you know, at least one or two people that have been here before. Just reach out, get their experiences. And before the first time I was here, I did the exact same thing, said, hey, I know this is large. Tell me what to prioritize, because without prioritizing and getting a few uh, insights going in, you have no idea what you're in for. Or I would just ask Bob Ambrogi. Also fair. He's been here way longer than I have. And so speaking of speakers, you you all had a tremendous lineup of speakers throughout this conference. And uh, as I understand it, a couple of HEs? Absolutely. Alberto Gonzalez and Loretta Lynch were here on Tuesday morning. And I only caught the tail end of that one partially because it was standing room only in the back and I couldn't really push my way through the crowd. But from what everybody tells me, it was a spectacular talk. And they really got into some of their background, which I found interesting too. And one theme, not only with the Legal Diversity Conference, but also with the judge panel having three women and elsewhere in our in the various panels here has been diversity. So I was really happy they talked about how they came up through the ranks as attorneys themselves all the way up to the rank of AG. And I thought, especially for the people in attendance, they could definitely have some cool takeaways from that. Well, I noticed a lot of uh, a lot of leadership positions. So I saw a lot of assistant general counsel, uh, GCs, saw some heads of major law firms all presenting and it just uh, amazing speaker list, if nothing else. Just take a look, uh, everybody out there. Truly, it is an amazing list of speakers, and I think you'll find a little something for everybody. Yeah, and on that GC and AGC point, that is one thing I noticed this year, perhaps more than previous years, is the amount of corporate counsel that were in attendance. It really did kind of surprise me, and a lot of the legal technology vendors that I would, would talk with would say something to that effect of, yeah, historically, we've sold to the law firm market, but now we're having to reevaluate our use cases because a lot of these corporate counsel are coming directly to us. And I talked with one or two people that said, yeah, we've seen companies we'd never seen before, like Starbucks and CVS and PayPal and these big name companies that are sending corporate counsel to the event 
to identify and potentially even purchase technologies themselves. And now that you've made it safely through 2019, what can we expect next year? Safely through, well, I do have to get home and (laughs) Minnesota right now was a high of negative 14 yesterday. So I'm not calling it completely safe yet, but uh, no, we have a lot of good stuff coming up this year. I'm extremely excited for one of our main initiatives is, and something I'm sure you're very familiar with the internationalization of legal technology and We're seeing in the UK, Australia, Germany, Russia. I talked to somebody this week from Finland. Legal technology popping up in so many places where maybe if there was a scene, it was extremely nascent and just a few startups. But we're going to try and identify some of those hotspots moving forward. Uh, Another thing that we're going to do is try and drill down into practical applications of new technologies. One thing I saw a lot this week is artificial intelligence seems to be moving into a new state of maturity, where in the past we've talked about AI and it was always a buzzword for the past three or four years. But this year, it seems like a lot of major law firms in particular really decided, you know what, we didn't want to be the guinea pigs. We didn't want to be first movers on this. But now that it's been in the market three, four years, it feels more safe to me. Maybe I'll at least take a meeting with some of these AI companies and try and poke some holes, but consider it in a way that maybe I hadn't before. Last question. For our listeners, they hear this, they want to reach out, learn more about Legal Week. How can they find you? Absolutely. So my email is zwarren at alm.com. That's Z-W-A-R-R-E-N at alm.com. My number is 312-651-0370. And uh, well, you can find me on LinkedIn, but as I think I said last time I was on Legal Talk Network, I'm also very bad at social media despite being a millennial. So go ahead and reach out. I make no promises if you do so, though. Well, we've reached the end of the road for today's episode, but I want to thank our guests for joining us today. Thank you, Zach. Yeah, thank you for having me. And I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe, rate, and review us in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Consult a lawyer.